Hi, I'm Pastor Robbie Barrett, and I want to take this time to thank you for taking time out of your busy day to listen to a life-changing Word from God. And I pray that as you listen to these podcasts, that it will shape your way of thinking and that you will be walking in the fullness of what God has for you. So now we're going into part seven, which is entitled Vision Provision. Let me say it one more time. Vision Provision. Now, last week, let me say this, we touched on David. How many remembers what I said about King David? Now, how many knows? Now, watch this. David had a vision to build a house for God, right? But God told him, he sent uh, the prophet to him, and he said, you're not going to build this house because you've got too much warfare on your hands. You've got too much blood on your hands. He said, but your son Solomon is going to carry on this vision, and he's going to build this house. So what did David do? Did he just put his hands in his pocket and just say, well, praise the Lord, it's going to come to pass? Is that what he did? What did we learn last week? We learned that David immediately started preparing for that vision. And we learned now in today's money, this is how much that David had a passion for the visions that God gave him. In today's money... David, King David, gave $56 billion into the funding of the temple. Somebody say, that's vision. $56 billion. Now, so we learned about that last week. But now we need to know how does the vision come forth. So we touched on that provisions that King David made, but this week we need to learn how do we actually get the vision to come forth. Because I guarantee you right now, I guarantee you that every person in here, the vision that you have is beyond your bank account. It's beyond your resources. Matter of fact, I'll guarantee it because guess what? If you could have done it, God never would have told you that He would do it. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for this Word today. Lord, I thank You for every person that's here today listening and and, and taking in this Word that believes that we need to be in the house of God. If there was ever a time that we need to be assembling together, it's right now. So Lord, I thank You for this. And I thank You, Father, for the visions that You've given us they will come to pass. And I thank you for that. And when they do, so many people are going to be touched. So many lives are going to be changed. I thank you that I'm looking at world changers today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. How do I bring it forth? Have you ever asked yourself that question? How in the world Am I going to bring what the vision that God has placed in me, am I going to bring it forth? Because I know what's in my bank account. I know what my resources are. I know what I'm working with. And I'm going to tell you right now, what I'm working with is not enough. Can somebody say amen if you're with me? So the question you have within yourself is, how do I do it? How do I bring this vision forth? One thing we're going to learn today 
is that God always makes provisions for your vision. I'm going to say that one more time. Here's the good news. God always makes provision for your vision. If the vision that you have, God has placed in you, and you may be looking around saying, how in the world am I going to bring this forth? How in the world am I going to try to make this happen? I've got good news for you today. God's not asking you to try to make it happen. And what you need to realize is, is that, if, that if God gave you the vision, He's already made the provisions to make it come to pass. Can somebody say amen this morning? What does the word provision mean? Let's look this up. The Webster Dictionary says it like this. It's an act or process of providing. How many need some providing for your vision? Come on now. A measure taken beforehand to deal with the need are contingencies. So how many knows that there's some needs and there's some things that's got to come forth to provide so that your vision comes to pass? Amen? Well, guess what? God says, I have already made the provisions, the necessary needs that arise. I've already got them covered. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's already got them covered. He's already got them covered. All right? It also means a stock of needed materials or supplies. Is that not what King David did? He said, okay, this vision that God has given me, that Solomon's going to have to carry out this vision, how's he going to carry it out? I'm going to prepare. I'm going to make provisions. I'm going to buy up some timber. I'm going to get some silver and gold. We're going to get some instruments made. I'm going to design it out. That way, when it's time to fulfill the vision, that's what we're all about, right? When it's time to make the vision manifest, there's going to be the necessary provision. Come on. See, God is pro-vision. I'm going to say it again. God is pro-vision. He did not, listen, God's not in the business of promising you something just to promise you something. He's not in the business of just giving you a vision just to see how long you'll play with that vision and never bring it forth. Uh-uh. See, you got to understand is that God gets the glory when things manifest in your life. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, we brush over a little passage of Scripture over and over and we never get the value of it. When Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also and greater because I'm going to my Father. Alright, but what's the next verse? He says, herein is my Father glorified when you bear forth what? Come on somebody, help me. When you bear forth what? Much fruit. Alright, so that's not just spiritual fruit. Everybody wants to make everything spiritual. Oh yeah, that's just spiritual. No, no, no. He said the works that I do. What was the works that Jesus was doing? He was healing the sick. He was raising the dead. Come on. He was helping the poor. He was feeding people by the thousands. He was freely giving, freely receiving. That's what He was doing. And He said those works that I do, you're going to do. So He called those works fruits. Mm, I'm trying to help y'all this morning. See, sometimes, see, we've, we've had the delusion that we got to like beat God into subjection or something like that to try to coax Him into fulfilling His promises. No, God is more eager to fulfill His promises in your life than you are. Woo, some might say hallelujah or oh me, whatever. So God is pro-vision. 
He would have never said that about your life if he had not prepared ahead of time to carry it through. My God. Numbers 23, 19 declares it like this. In the Hebrew, you read it in the English, it says like this. God's not a man that he should lie, neither is he the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, he's done it. If he spoke it, he's made it good. A Hebrew reads it like this. God cannot speak and it not be created. God can't speak and it not be created. God can't promise and it not be fulfilled. I like that a lot better. Mm. Okay. So whatever God has placed in you to do, know that He's already made the necessary provisions to get it done. How many wants to get it done? Yes, yes, yes. Let's get this thing done. Let's bear some fruits. Amen? When, when, how many ever grew up in a church where they ask you to testify? How many remembers that? All right, how many people that you would hear get up and testify about nothing coming to pass? God don't get no glory in that. I just want to thank God that I believe in for healing. I'm still sick as a dog. No, no, no. What do, we, what do we get up and give a testament? I just want to thank God that I was battling sickness and I prayed and He healed my body. What was that? That's a fruit. You know what happened just then? God got the glory. Amen? I just want to thank God. I didn't know how I was going to pay that bill this month, but somehow, some way, God made a way and I was able to pay that bill. You know what that is? That's fruits giving glory to God. All right. Let's look at Nehemiah. Chapter 2, and we're going to look at verse 1 through 9. I'm going to show you today, I'm going to show you how this was a man that had a burning desire, a vision that, he had, that God had given him for Jerusalem. And he did not know how at first that he was ever going to make it happen. Have you ever been there? I got, there's just something that God's placed inside of me. There's a burning desire that I have, but I, I don't have any clue. I don't know any way how this is going to come forth in my life. Well, let's look at Nehemiah. This is the New Living Translation, okay? Verse 9, it says, or excuse me, verse 1, it says, Early in the, the following spring, during the 12th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was serving the king his wine. I had never appeared sad in his presence before this time. So the king asked me, why are you so sad? You're not sick, are you? You look like a man with deep troubles. Somebody say, a man with vision. Then I was badly uh, frightened. But I, but I replied, long live the king. Why, should I, why shouldn't I be sad? For the city where my ancestors are buried are now in ruins. And the gates have been burned down. The king asked, well, how can I help you? With a prayer to, to the God of heaven, I replied, If it please your majesty, and if you are pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. The king, when the queen was sitting beside him, asked, Well, how long will you be gone? And when will you return? So the king agreed, and I set the date for my departure. Verse 7, I also said to the king, If it please your majesty, give me letters to the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River, instructing them to let me travel safely through the territories on my way to Judah. 
And please send a letter to Asaph, the, the manager of the king's force, instructing him to give me timber. Somebody say provision. Hmm. Alright. And I will need to make beams for the gates of the temple fortress, for the city walls and, the house for my, and a house for myself. And the king granted these requests. Somebody say he granted them. Because the gracious hand of God was on me. Verse 9. And when I came to the governors of the providence of the Euphrates River, I, would, I delivered the king's letters to them. The king, I should added, watch this. Not only did he give provision for the building, but he also gave him stuff that he would need. Watch this. I should add that the king had sent along army officers and horsemen to protect me. Did he need that protection? Yes, he did. Because we, we find later on, this is a good book, you need to read it on your own time. We find out that later on that there's enemies within Jerusalem that are trying to get him off the building of that wall. and They're trying to sabotage the vision. Now, why did I read you that? Because here's a man that was like you and I. He had a burning desire. He was deeply moved in his spirit to carry out this vision. He's seen the ruin of his homeland and it really got to him. But here's, here's how we can relate to it. He had no clue how he could make it happen. He's in a distant land. He's got no way to, to build these walls back. But watch this. What he didn't realize was is that God had already made the provisions before He ever gave the vision to Nehemiah. Somebody say amen. See, that's, not, that's what he didn't realize is that before God ever placed that desire in his heart, he had already made a way for it to happen. See, I'm going to help some of you today. Some of you are trying to figure out how in the world you're going to make things happen in your life that you know that God has placed in you. All you've got to do is trust Him. All you've got to do is be obedient to the vision. Fellowship with that vision. Because I'm telling you right now, before it ever popped into your spirit, God has already made the necessary provisions to get it done. Somebody say amen on that. Lord Jesus. Alright, so he gave him exactly what he needed. Instead, of, he was thinking that the king would object to this. He was thinking, as soon as I... That's why he said, I was so afraid. Because as, as soon as I tell him this, he's just, he's just going to think I'm crazy or he's going to punish me or whatever. But instead, the king said, I like your vision. See, here's a, here's a wisdom bit for you right here. You need to get people to be persuaded by your vision. Why? Because your vision is bigger than you. How many knows that God gave me the vision for this house? Right? But how many knows one man can't do this? It's impossible. It takes a team. Can somebody say amen? It takes a group of believers bearing the vision up together and say, I agree with that vision. How can I help? See, when that happens, let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. The vision that God has placed on this house is going to be carried out. So you see, once Nehemiah shares his vision with the king, instead of the king objecting, the king says, I like your vision. How can I help? My God, somebody say amen on that. How can I help? And, and furthermore, let me just add another little nugget right there. When somebody is sharing their vision to you in confidence, and they know that this is the vision that God has for them, you ought to help them. 
Come on. You ought to be a blessing to them. How can I help you vision? How can I, how can I help you in the things that God is asking you to do? Amen? Alright. So, right here in this story, we see two different things. God will either give you the provision that you need personally... So whatever vision that God has given you, He will either this, He will either personally give you the things that you need, or watch this, He will send somebody your way that has exactly what you need to get it done. But one way or the other, it's going to come forth. You want scripture on that? He said, "Give, and men shall give what back unto your bosom." So watch this. God can either give you the finances personally or He will put somebody in your path to fund the vision that God has for you. But make no mistake about it. However God's going to do it, the fact remains is this, is that God always makes provision for the vision. Always. So Nehemiah did not personally have what it, what it took to get this wall built. But guess what? The king did. <clears throat> Mark 19, 26. Let's read this. Or Matthew, excuse me. Matthew 19, 26. It says, But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. It was impossible for one man to restore a nation. But Nehemiah did it. Lord, I could preach myself happy right there. It was literally impossible. Here, this man, all he is is a cupbearer for the king. But yet he had such a vision for his homeland, his nation that he, that he was from. He had such a vision for it that he was willing to step out and do whatever it took to see it done. And through one man, God restored a nation. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? See, some of you are limiting yourself too much. You're looking around at your resources. You're looking around where you came from or whatever, and you're saying there's no way that this could possibly happen. But this is what Jesus said to the disciples. He said, with man it is impossible, and that includes yourself. By yourself it's impossible for you to bring forth what God has placed inside of you. It's impossible. But with God, mm, come on somebody, but with God all things are possible. You ever notice why God says, I'm going to bring this forth or I'm going to do this in your life? He means exactly what He says. He's telling you right up, right up front, you can't do this. The things that I want to do in your life, you can't make them happen. I don't care if you take five or six jobs. I don't care if you open up, you know, you have all kinds of doors open up to you. You can't do personally what I'm wanting to do in your life without me. Now see, that ought to help you out because of this right here. The pressure is no longer on you, it's on God. Are y'all seeing what I'm saying? See, see Nehemiah realized that once God, once he knew that this was a vision from God, he stopped trying to meet his own needs. Come on. He stopped trying to make things happen and he just stepped forth in faith and God kept providing. God kept providing. 
There looked like an impossible situation would pop up and God kept providing. And the same thing is true in your life. Along the way to the manifestation of your vision, it seems like impossible situations pop up. And you say, well, this is it. There's no way that the vision can come forward now. But when you keep stepping out in faith and you keep your focus on your vision, you notice that God begins to do something. You notice that God begins to, every single time, He provides. He makes a way. He does the impossible. So guess what? You learn to just... Block out what the enemy's trying to do around you. Matter of fact, you'll read in one passage of Nehemiah where the men were trying to get him to come off the wall so that they could take him out. Won't you just come off the wall? And Nehemiah said, I can't come off the wall right now. He just kept building. He wasn't even focusing on it. He said, I, I, I can't come off the, uh, the wall right now. See, as long as you keep your focus on your vision, God will do the impossible in your life. My God, I hope you're getting this today. So there's always provision for your vision. Let me say this right here. God never asked you to pay for it. All He asked you to do was believe Him for it. He never asked you to pay for it. The vision that God gave me for my home, he never, He's not one time asked me, how are you going to pay for it? Isn't that good? The things that God has told you to do, that the visions that He's placed in your life, I guarantee you, God has not sat down with you and said, okay, now, uh, how are you going to make this happen? Because you're going to have to make this happen. You're going to have to pay for this. You're going to have to do this and do that. See, what we've done is, is we think this is why you see so many people, they don't want to seek after the vision that they have for their life is because they think that they have to try to make it happen or it's going to cost them something dearly. You see, God's not like that. Let me tell you how God is. If God tells you to do something, then He'll make a way for you to do it. So guess what? There comes to the place where there is absolutely no excuse to not do what God said. There'll be no, watch this, when we all stand before God, there will not be one person that can say, Lord, I would have done what you asked me to do, but I couldn't. Do you know that? There'll not be one person be able to say that. Because if God told you to do it, come on. He's provided for you to get it accomplished. Amen. So I'm going to say this again. You don't see a way to make it happen? You don't see a way to pay for it or whatever? That's good news. Because that's why God said He's going to do it. Amen. Who in here has ever, uh, ever battled sickness and you get prayed for and God says, you heal yourself? Nobody? That's because He's the healer. Amen? That's because He's the way maker. That's because He's the provider. Quit trying to do God's job. Let God do His job and you do your job. Amen? Now go like this. Go, 
See, don't you just feel better already? The pressure's coming off. Go to 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7. I'm going to show you a different story here. This one's a good one. 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7. Let's read right here. It says, Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elijah. Who was Elijah? He was Elijah's apprentice, right? He prayed for a double portion. Elijah said, if you see God carrying me off in the chariots, then you can have the double portion. And he did exactly double the miracles that Elijah did. All right, let's read on. All right, he says, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor has come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elijah said unto her, What shall I do for you? Tell me what, thou, what you have in your house. And she said, Your handmaid has not anything in her house save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go borrow uh, the vessels abroad of all your neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. For when you are come in, and you shall shut the door upon yourself and upon your sons, and you shall pour out... All in, uh, pour it out in all the vessels, and you shall set aside that which is full. So when she went, somebody say she went. So she responded to the word, come on. So she went from him and shut the door upon herself and upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass that when the vessels were full, that she and said to her sons, Bring me yet another vessel. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more, and the oil stayed. And she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go and sell the oil and pay thy debts, and live and thy children off of the rest. My God, what a miracle. So, let, so let's deal with this right now. So how many know she had a vision? What was her vision? Her vision was to be what? Debt free. How I many has got that vision? I want to be debt free, right? But watch this. She didn't stop right there. She not only wanted to be debt free, but she, she wanted to be in a place of abundance. See, everybody, you ask any, anybody who struggles financially, they always want to say, I just want to be debt free. I just want to get out of debt. People that live on the streets is out of debt. That's not what God said. If you go to the promises in Deuteronomy 28, He said, I'll make you a lender and not a borrower. So that's past being debt free. Somebody talk to me. That's being debt free and at a place where you can get others out of debt. Come on. Pay other people's bills off. Pay their houses off. That's the place you want to be. So that was her vision. But what was the circumstances screaming? So your vision is, yeah, so your vision is debt freedom and a place of abundance. But here's what you got. The creditor is getting ready to take your kids and auction them off into slavery to pay for your debts. Some might say that's a drastic situation. But here, watch this. God 
knew that that vision was in her heart. And what did he do? He made the provision to carry out that vision. My God, how did he do it? It said the word of the Lord came to Elijah. And what did she do? What We learned this for weeks now. The word of the Lord produces what? Vision. God says, I know what the vision is for your life, and I'm going to show you how to carry it out. It's going to be not by natural means, come on now, but how what? Supernatural. See, let me tell you something. If you're in the kingdom of God, you need to get out of the mindset of natural means of meeting your needs. You need to get out of it right now. Because now, watch this, you are in a supernatural kingdom. Let me tell you what a supernatural kingdom does. It'll take five loaves and two fish and feed 5,000 and more. 5,000 plus people in one day. That's what the kingdom will do. And the natural means says there's no way that you can take five loaves and two fish and feed that many people. Are y'all getting this this morning? Provision for the vision. So he says, take what you got. What do you have? Turn to your neighbor and ask him, what do you have? What do you have? Ladies and gentlemen, God has not one time asked me to use what I did not have. Can I get a witness in here? Not one time. Anytime He asks me to do something, He asks me to use what I have. So God says, what you got? That's what he was saying to her. Okay, I know your vision. Your vision is to be debt-free in abundance. All right, well, what do you got to work with? Because I know you don't have what it takes to get yourself debt-free and to come to a place of abundance, but let me work with what you have. Oh, somebody hear me today. So she said, all I've got is a vessel in the house, and it's full of oil. In that day, oil was a precious commodity. Are y'all hearing me? It was a precious commodity. All right, so she said, this is all I've got. And you know what God said? He said, that's all I need. <laughs> Woo, Jesus, somebody help me today. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's all he needs. That's all he needs. All he needs is what you have. That's it. That's the same thing that Jesus said to the, to the disciples. He said, what do you have? They said, there's no way that we can feed this many people. He said, what you got? We have five loaves and two fish. That's all I need. Amen? See, don't, don't that get you excited? That God's not asking you to use what you don't have. He said, just, you, just let me have what you have. Just what you got. So she does, watch this. Watch this. Now how did the supernatural begin to take effect in her life? How? But why did it do that? Because she responded to what? The vision. She didn't respond to what she was seeing. She could have just as easily said, when Elijah said, go and bar as many vessels as you can and fill them up with oil. She could have just as easily said, how's that going to help me? That ain't going to get me out of debt. That ain't going to stop them from getting my kids. She could have easily done that. What many of us do so many times. What's that got to do with anything? But no, she was obedient to the Word. She was obedient to the vision. She was not focusing on what the creditors were getting ready to do. She made up her mind, I'm getting this vision, I don't care what it takes. So she went and borrowed as many as she, as she had, or she could get. 
What did I tell you earlier? I said, if God doesn't give it to you personally, He'll put people around you to help you. Come on. So she didn't have all the vessels, but her neighbors did. Right? All right, so when she was obedient to the Word, to the vision, supernatural power began to take place. Ladies and gentlemen, oil does not just keep flowing out of nowhere. You know, they say the same thing about the church. There's no way. How can you still be blessed when there's a recession? Come on. How can, you, how can your business still be doing well when everybody else is suffering? Somebody say, it's supernatural. It don't make sense in the natural. I'm not, I'm not looking for it to make sense in the natural. So she does this. She fills them up. She keeps filling them up. <clears throat> and guess what? She said, give me some more pots. It's still flowing. He said, we don't have any more pots. And then it stopped. She still didn't know how. My God, somebody needs to get this. She still didn't know how that this act of obedience was going to give her what she wanted. If you notice, did y'all not see it? That Elijah did not say, go and borrow as many pots as you can, fill them up with oil, and I'm going to supernaturally cause this to, God's going to supernaturally cause this to keep flowing and it's going to be enough to pay all your debt. He never said any of that. All he said was, go get you some pots and fill them with oil. Can somebody bear witness with me and say, you don't have to know how. All you have to do is just do what God said. You don't have to know how. All you got to do is just obey what God said. Then he says, okay, because you obeyed the vision, now take all that oil, sell it. Watch this, watch this. What was her vision? It wasn't just debt freedom. It was a place of abundance, right? So he said, pay off your debts, and he didn't stop there, did he? He didn't say, you're not just going to be debt free. He said, you and your sons are going to live off the rest. Ladies and gentlemen, that is what we call abundance. Can we put our hands together and give the Lord some praise in this house today? That's what we call abundance. This is the place that God wants you to come to. It's not, it's not okay, I got all my bills paid, but I can't even buy a, a Big Mac. No, no, no. He wants you to come to a place where you got all your bills paid off and you're still able to be a blessing. Can somebody say amen? All right. Hebrews 11:6. Now, it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that what? He is. He is what he what? Says he is. And whatever he says, that's what he is. Are y'all following me? Because the Bible says, in the beginning was the word... The Word was with God, and the Word what? Was God. He is His Word. When He gives you a promise, He gives Himself. Oh, y'all, come on now. One must believe that He is, and that He is a what? A rewarder of them that what? Diligently seek Him. That word diligent means to crave Him. To, I mean, give everything you got to seek after Him. You see, let me tell you what this is saying. Is that when you respond 
to the vision that God gives you, when you respond to the words that God spoke to you, supernatural rewarding begins to be released in your life. That was not there before. We just seen this with this woman. That supernatural provision was not there before until she responded to the word of the Lord. When she began to watch this, when she when she began to believe that God was or God is, and when she began to diligently seek after Him, what happened? He became her reward. Do you know how many times I've heard people say, well, you know what? I would seek after God. I'd come to church. I'd do all this other stuff. But I, I've got to take care of all this other stuff. i got all this stuff I'm dealing with right now, and I just can't do this stuff. I can't do what God said. Let me tell you something. There's a passage in the Bible that's just for you. Jesus said, the world acts like that. The world says, I don't have time for God. The world says, i got to take care of all this other stuff, and then if I get time, I'll take care of the things of God later. He said, that's what pagans do. He said, but if you seek first the kingdom of God, come on, and His righteousness, all these things, somebody say things. What things is He talking about? My food, my this, how am I going to make this happen? How am I going to take care of that? He says, all those things will be added to you. So watch this. When you take care of the vision first, all these other things will begin to fall into place in your life. But see, people don't get that. They want to take care of everything else first and then take care of the vision. And then they wonder why they're always lagging behind. No, 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 no. Let me give you some wisdom today. Take care of what God told you to do first. First. Notice what He said to the, to the woman, the widow woman. He said, go immediately and shut yourself off, you and your sons. Don't go to the left, don't go to the right. Just do what God said right then and there. Now what would have happened if she would have delayed that? I tell you what, prophet, I'll sure do that. I'll sure do that when I can figure out how in the world I'm going to pay these creditors off. That's exactly right. She would have lost her sons anyways. But what did she do? She took care of the kingdom of God. What? And what was added to her? The things that she needed. She needed that debt to be paid off. She needed abundance for her and her kids to survive. And guess what? She got it. Somebody say, vision, provision. All right. So, God is a rewarder of them that earnestly crave and seek after Him. He provides. Do you realize... Let me tell you something right now. If some of you seen the vision that God has for this ministry, it would scare you silly. Why? Because I know without a shadow of a doubt that it takes, that this vision that God has for this ministry, 
is millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. And you would think for one second that that's on me? Uh uh. Thank God it's not on me. See, all God asked me to do was believe Him for it. And then come to you guys with the vision and you believe also for it. You see what I'm saying? You say, how's God going to do it? That's none of my business. Same thing with the widow. She didn't know how. She, just, she was just obedient. I'm just obedient to the vision that God has for this house. See, that, watch this. This ministry is coming to the place where it's going to touch people all over the world. That takes millions of dollars. Do you think God's scared about that vision? Do you think I'm scared about that vision? Oh, I would be if I thought it was on me. Lord Jesus, I can't make that happen. But He can. Amen. See, the vision that God has for this house is so far bigger than me, it's not even funny. And the same thing goes with your personal life. The visions that God has for you is so much bigger than you. So much bigger than you. But that's not to scare you. Because you see, watch this, when God manifests that vision, people's going to know that He's still God. Can somebody say amen? They're going to know that He's still God. Why? When they see Him do the impossible. You may be saying, oh, it's impossible. You're right, it is. But guess what? With God, it's doable. The things that you're facing right now, they may be impossible. I'm not arguing that. But with God, I know that they're doable. Why? Because when you involve God in it, you involve the supernatural in it. Amen. All right. Psalms 105, 37. Look at this right here. It says, He brought them forth also. He's talking about the deliverance out of Egypt. He brought the children of Israel. He brought them forth also with what? Silver and gold. And there was not one feeble person among the tribes. You say, why did you read that? Because here's, here's what I want you to get, all right? So God gave them a word through Moses. He said, I've seen your suffering. I've seen your bondage. I'm going to deliver you. Now, everything that he just said was utterly impossible in the natural. You're going to tell me that God, watch this, that a, a group of slaves is going to overthrow the strongest nation on the planet at that time? And not only that, hold on now, not only overthrow them, watch this, but take all the riches with them. Somebody say, that's impossible. But it's doable. Because this is what God said. He said, I'm going to drop my hand on Pharaoh. Oh, I love when God talks like that. I'm going to drop my hand on Pharaoh, and when I do, he will let you go. And here's what I want you to get, that they didn't come out empty-handed. Oh, Lord. Some of y'all are praying, Lord, just get me out. He's not interested in just getting you out. He wants you to come out with everything the enemy stole from you. Can somebody put your hands together and give God some praise today? He wants you to come out with everything the enemy has stole from you. Time, riches, your peace, your joy, your health, whatever. He wants you to come out with it all. 
Now it says that when they came out, there was not one feeble among them. But let me ask you something. Do you think out of thousands upon thousands of people that there was no old people in, that, in the tribes that couldn't get around good, right? That had to be carried around. Maybe they was on a, a staff or something like that. Do you think there was not one person like that? Sure there were. But here's what I want to show you. Watch this. Before they responded to the word or the vision that God gave them, they were broke. They were feeble. Come on. They were beat down. They were oppressed. But watch this. Once they responded to the vision that Moses shared with them, guess what? They came out with silver and gold. They wasn't broke no more. Come on. There was no feeble among them. Those that were old and decrepit got supernatural strength about them. Come on, somebody. The Bible even says that all through the wilderness, their clothes never wore out, their feet never blistered. I mean, they were walking every day for years. And God supernaturally provided for them. Why? Because they responded to the vision. Oh, it was impossible. Oh, yeah, but it was doable. You see that? Now, you remember this. Anytime that God strikes the enemy, it always brings something to you. Oh, Lord. It always brings something to you. Now, look at Luke 22. Steve, come on up and play. We have to quit making excuses as to why we can't and know that with God all things are possible. Luke twenty two thirty five says it like this. He said unto them, He said, When I sent you without purse or script or shoes, did you lack anything? And what did the disciples say? Nothing. What have you heard all your life? Bless God, when Jesus was here with His disciples, they was all broke as convicts. Didn't have what they need, didn't have a house, didn't have this, didn't have that. But see, when you start digging into the Word, you find out that that's not true. They had places to stay. Right? Watch this. You'll also read a scripture that said that people ministered with their substance unto Jesus. Some might say provision. Now anytime you come from heaven to earth, you come into poverty. The Bible says, for our sakes he became poor. That through his poverty we would become rich. Now people say, oh, that just means spiritual riches. No, it don't. Look it up for yourself. He wants you to come to a place of abundance so that you can help other people. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So that you can be a blessing to other people. So Jesus sent them out. Do you think He sent them out empty-handed? No, 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 no. God, Jesus said, when you respond to the words that I give you, when you respond to the vision, He said, did you lack anything? They said, we didn't lack anything. We were provided for. 
We had everything that we needed. Why? Because God always gives provision for the vision. Did you know that Judas was the treasurer of the ministry? How many knew that? He kept the money back. When he left the table, the disciples wasn't troubled by that because they figured he was going, or that Jesus had sent him to go help the poor somewhere. You can't do that broke. Y'all hear me today? I'm opening up your eyes. A ministry that has no money doesn't need a treasurer. Somebody say amen. But what I'm telling you that the whole time that Jesus was on assignment, the Father was providing. And the same thing goes for you and I. When we respond to the assignment that God has given us, God will provide every single time. Stand to your feet today. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Prophetic Faith, the podcast edition. For partnering information or for prayer requests, you can go to our website at www.accelerantfaith.org or you may email us at accelerantfaith@yahoo.com. And just remember, one word from God can change anything.